You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Before we dive into this episode of The Storyteller Naked Villainy, listener discretion is advised, as this podcast deals with murder, domestic abuse, coercive control, and stalking. For ad-free, early release and exclusive content, head to the Patreon. Details in the show notes. Now, let's begin. Previously on The Storyteller Naked Villainy, the court hears of Kit's bizarre behaviour. He just got angry and just seemed to throw them. Brenda's handwritten list of the abuse she suffered. Aggression, constant, with threatenings resulting in physical damage, on average once every six months. And a threat of what was to come. And he started tearing my clothes and promising to kill me if I didn't go. It's taken 45 years to bring a killer to court. And for the first time in UK history, you'll hear the full murder trial and witness justice being done. It was a brutal murder of a brilliant woman who was a rising star in genetic research. It would now be almost like a script from Morse. The investigators swarming over the, the dreaming spires of university land. There was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. I was told it was just a massive blood in here. Two decades on from confronting evil. So did you kill your ex-wife Brenda Page? Evil is being confronted by the law. Did you kill her? No. She knew it was coming. He said he was going to kill her. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. Will his true nature be unmasked? Are you familiar with the tale of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde? And can Brenda's own words help secure her killer's fate? A letter of a death foretold. This is the storyteller, Naked Villainy, written, produced and edited by me, Isla Traquair. Twenty years ago, when I travelled to Ipswich to interview Brenda's sister, Rita Ling, we had to be careful about what we discussed, as legally the case was still active, and we were at risk of jeopardising future legal proceedings if we revealed too much. So when we discussed the issue of abuse, we couldn't go into too much detail. But Brenda herself had not told them the full extent. As is common in cases of abuse, Rita told me Brenda tried to shield her family. She used to say that he was uh, a bit moody and uh, she didn't quite know how to approach his moods sometimes. Didn't quite know how to deal with them. She's often say she didn't know what she'd done wrong. 
And do you think that she was trying to, to shield her family from what was going on? Yes, she was. She didn't want to upset Mother because my father had recently died then, so Mother was in a bit of a fragile state, so she and Mother did worry about her such a lot. And I don't think she told her everything because of that. I asked Rita how they felt about Brenda's decision to divorce Kit. We were relieved. I think it was best for all concerned. They were both young enough to start again if they wanted to, weren't they? And did you think that because, you know, they were divorced that her things in her life would improve? Yes, we did. But, uh... I don't think he left her alone. He didn't leave her alone, as the jury was about to hear. We'll rejoin the questioning of Brenda's lawyer, Nicol Hosey, who was asked to read out the official divorce summons, which had been submitted to the Court of Session in Edinburgh. After the marriage, the parties resided together in Edinburgh and, Aberde and at Aberdeen. The marriage was never happy due to the defender's cruel conduct towards the pursuer. Throughout the whole of the marriage, the defender was aggressive and threatening towards the pursuer. He was pathologically jealous of the pursuer and regularly falsely accused her of associating with other men, although he knew this distressed her. He, quote, lived like a hermit, unquote, tending not to allow visitors. And in the summer of 1976, informed the pursuer that none of her family would ever visit the house again. He was eccentric, often staying in bed for days at a time for no good reason, wearing excessive clothing in hot weather and having three baths a day. He also flew into wild, ungovernable rages in the course of which he used violence towards the pursuer. In particular, in or about April 1973, when the parties were packing to go on holiday, the pursuer suggested that the defender should take a tie. The defender flew into a rage and punched the pursuer repeatedly about the head, as a result of which she required medical attention at the casualty department of Edinburgh Royal Infirmary. In or about January 1975, the pursuer had flu. The defender appeared to resent this and struck the pursuer on the head with a book causing profuse bleeding. As a result, the pursuer required attention at the casualty department of Aberdeen Hospital. On or about 20th June 1976, the defender kicked the pursuer about the legs and caused bruising. The defender then threw the pursuer out of the house. Since then, the parties have not resided together, nor has there been marital intercourse between them. Okay. And paragraph six. The pursuer's health and nerves suffered severely as a result of the defender's said conduct. The document also outlined the financial arrangements, which stated they were joint owners of the marital home, which was valued at £16,000. That's the equivalent of roughly £150,000 today. In 1970, Kit had inherited £20,000 and had a book collection of 8,000 volumes valued at £12,000. He was unemployed but well able to pay the capital sum. Uh, in support of the claims within the summons, were, did, did you require to amass some supporting evidence? Yes. Uh, 
although as it transpired the divorce was undefended, it was still necessary for Dr. Page and a witness, if I recall was Elizabeth Lane, yes. one of her neighbours, to give evidence under oath at the court of session. Yes. And I think I also, I think there was also, if I recall, a medical report from the GP, Dr. Grieve. Yes, if you look further in paragraph in production 20 at the end, there should be a medical report from Dr. Grieve. Yes, there's a, the, the, there's a medical report from Dr. Grieve dated the 20th of July 1976. Yes. And uh, a copy of that report along with the recognitions from Dr. Page and uh, her witness, Elizabeth Lane, uh, were sent to my Edinburgh correspondence uh, with instructions to commence the divorce proceedings. Yeah. Do you recall a pair of trousers being produced? I do. What, what, was the, what, was, what um, were the trousers? I recall, um, and I have a vivid recollection of this, that on one occasion Dr. Page came into my office um, or she had told me that her husband had an obsession with cleaning his shoes. And I think it was on the occasion when, as she put it, she, she was thrown out of the house. He had, he had been cleaning his shoes and he had kicked her about the legs. At that time she was wearing a pair of a white slacks or trousers, uh, which she produced from a, a, a plastic bag when she came into my office and showed me the trousers with the um, marks, the polished, black polished marks uh, on, on her trousers. I also recall this because shortly before the divorce uh, proof, the hearing, uh, she contacted me and asked whether she should take the trousers with her to a uh, court. I think I probably advised her that she should. Yes. Thank you. Now we know that decree of divorce was granted on the 27th of October at 1977, but in the run-up to that hearing, uh, did you meet with her on more than one occasion? Yes, I did. And did she correspond with you? She did. Did you have a, a fair bit of experience of matrimonial work at this time? A few years. I was a junior partner, but I, yes, I've been doing, doing it for probably about, since I qualified, three or four years. Now that process of divorce is obviously an upsetting process for both parties yeah. and people react in different ways, but how did Brenda Page cope with what was taking place? She seemed to cope, cope remarkably well given the allegations that she was making about the way that she had been treated. I always found her to be very measured, sensible, clearly highly intelligent and committed to her work. Did she express any concern about the behaviour of Mr. Harrison during this time? She did, but I, I'm not sure in particular what you're asking. I'll come to some detail in a moment, but... I know there was further correspondence from her. Yes. And even after the divorce. Yes. D did you gain any impression as to whether she was concerned about Mr. Harrison's oh, yes. behaviour? Right. She, she was scared of him. Right. Yes. And I, I don't think that, I didn't form the impression that she was prone in any way to exaggeration. As I say, she was always very measured and calm and was able to articulate matters very clearly. 
Now, could you have before you please Crown Production number nine? Do you see is that that's a letter dated the 21st of May 1977? Yes. And again from the University of Aberdeen. Is this a letter from Dr Page? It is. I'd like to read the first paragraph, please. Um, Dear Mr Hosey, this morning while, quote, animal sitting, unquote, at Mile End, that's where the matrimonial home was, the postman attempted to deliver a letter from Edinburgh which required Kit's signature. I guess this is the divorce letter you wish to be notified about. The postman was told to try on Monday when he should be back. Thank you. Stop there. And I'd like to read the very last paragraph on that letter, please. Beginning so. so. So, if I do depart this earth rather suddenly, do please make sure I get a good PM and that my sister or her boys get any benefit. Exclamation mark. What did you understand PM to mean? Post-mortem. Did that trigger a response by you? And could you look at, please, at Crown Production number eight? My letter of the 23rd of May. Yes. Yes, as we've just noticed, the letter in which Brenda made that comment was the 21st of May, 1977. Yeah. And is this a letter from you to her dated 23rd May, 1977? Could you read that letter for us, please? Dear Dr Page, we are in receipt of your letter of 21st inst and note that the summons should be served on your husband today. We are somewhat concerned by the remainder of your letter relating to your own personal safety. It is possible to take court action in the form of an interdict to prevent your husband from molesting or bothering you. And if you wish to embark on this course of action, would you please let us know? Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Sections from two letters from October 1977 were read to the court, detailing a visit to Brenda's home by Kit, in which he refused to leave and threw tea down the curtains. She reiterated her request for the interdict to be taken out against him. Next, Mr Hosey is asked to read a letter dated December the 3rd, 1977, which was just over a month after the divorce was granted. Dear Mr Hosey, could you now put that previously discussed, quote, interim interdict, unquote, onto my ex-husband, C.M.H. Harrison, 12 Mile End Place, question mark. Last Friday evening, I had a repeat performance of his outrageous behaviour, which made me very frightened indeed. He quite unreasonably blamed me for something he had lost. If he bothers me every time he mislays something, 
I can see that life will be even more impossible. Since he has no control over his temper in, the, in, in this present mental state, which seems to be deteriorating from all accounts. Some detailed examples which you could use are 1. On the evening of Wednesday, 1st June 1977, about 7.30pm, he came to my laboratory in the medical school where I had prepared a demonstration for an open evening. While visitors were there, he hurled abuse in a loud voice, threatened me and would not leave when I asked him. This caused me considerable embarrassment. And over the page, there's details on a witness, Miss Diane Davy, is that correct? That's correct. Thank you. Uh, then, could you go to the next paragraph, number two, please? Two. On the evening of Thursday, 27th October, 1977, about 6 p.m., bracket the day of my divorce, he came to my flat at 13 Allen Street and stormed about, hurling abuse and threatening my life. He threw crockery about and poured tea down the kitchen curtains. And Again, there's he, reference to a witness. He makes reference to Mrs. E. Gordon, e. Gordon. Of, also of 13 Allen Street. That's correct. Aberdeen, thank you. Number three. Number three, please. On the evening of Friday 25th November 1977, about 10.30pm, he came to my flat in a rage and demanded that I give him some research data. I'm not sure what that is. Gel, something or other. Scans. Gel scans, which he had apparently lost. He went into all the rooms and poked into cupboards and drawers. He threatened me with, with my life. Right, pause there, please. Thank you. Did that cause, then, action to be taken in relation to the, this matter? Yes, I took instructions to proceed with a, an interdict. The court heard that the order was granted and that the action was not defended. An interdict of this nature is similar to what is nowadays called a restraining order. The cross-examination by Brian McConaughey, KC, began with his clarifying that in those days, divorce could only be granted on grounds of either cruelty, adultery or desertion. So far as your position as a solicitor is concerned, you're not there to either believe or disbelieve your client, correct? Well, if the, if the case is going to court, I need to be satisfied that there's corroborated evidence. Yeah, but you don't have to believe it. Or disbelieve it. It's not your job. No, no. I mean, your your job is to take your client's instructions, provided there is a basis for proceeding with whatever it is, whether it be a divorce, an interdict, or some kind of payment action. As long as you're satisfied there's a basis for it, you're entitled to proceed to, to court with it. Yes? Pro provided there's corroborative evidence. Indeed. On, on paper. Yes. But again, corroborated evidence simply means somebody else comes along and tells you something which supports yeah. the first bit of testimony. I had no reason to disbelieve Dr Page. Well, but it's not your job to believe or disbelieve, well, is it? It's nothing to do with you. I think that's probably right. So, when it comes to, to this document, one of the things that you read out was under the heading of aggression, paragraph A, hemorrhage. Yes? Yes. And that seems to suggest that there was some 
visit to the Western Infirmary Eye Department in Glasgow in 1972 or 1973. Yes? Yes. And what it appears to say in brackets, what is written by Dr. Page, is did not admit to physical assault to physicians. Yes. So the, the suggestion would be perhaps that whatever she told the doctors at the Western Infirmary, it was not that she'd been assaulted. Yes. That's what you would take from Yes. Them. Yes? They go on to establish that Brenda had wanted to buy Kit out of his share of the house but couldn't afford it. So he was to buy her out by paying her £6,000. And as a result of that agreement, Dr Page received £6,000 from Dr Harris. Yes, that's correct. And that was handled by you as well? It was. Now, is production number nine again a letter written by Dr Page? This time dated the 21st of May 1977. Yes. And does it start, dear Mr Hosey, this morning while animal sitting at mile end? Now, just pausing there for a moment. This would be at a time when the parties were separated. Yes? Um... Yes, yes. They, they separated in 76. Yes, that's correct. So they've been separated for the best part of a year. Yes, they have. But the position seems to be that Dr Page has been, to use her phrase, animal sitting for Dr Harrison. It would appear so. And when she refers to it mile end, she's referring to the former matrimonial home. Yes. The postman attempted to deliver a letter from Edinburgh which required Kit's signature. Yeah. And she goes on, I guess this is the divorce letter you wished to be notified about. The postman was told to try on Monday when he should be back. Now, is that what it said? Yes, it does say that. He goes on to establish from the documentation that the summons were eventually nailed onto Kit's front door. So the, the document, the summons, on the face of it, was served in that manner without, at that stage, Dr Harrison having seen it. Would it would appear, appear so, case. yes. If you go back to production nine again, this is where Dr Page has said, so if I do depart this earth rather suddenly, please make sure I get a good PM and that my sister or her boys get any benefit. This is dated May of 1977. Yes. Interdict proceedings don't start until the 3rd of December 1977. Yes. So there's a, a period of six and a bit months have passed by. Yes. Insofar as this doc or this letter is concerned, your response doesn't suggest, for example, you'd better phone the police. police yes. But presumably because you didn't think, perhaps, that Dr Page was being terribly serious in that particular paragraph. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I told her about interdict proceedings. I can't recall whether the police was an option I would be surprised if it wasn't an option, but I have no recollection of, of, of advising her that that was one possibility. Yeah. Well, you, you certainly didn't advise her to do that, at least in the Not letter. in the letter, but I was meeting with her also. Uh, and and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I would have told her what her options were. And clearly, a complaint to the police would have been one of these options. N not one that it appears was taken up? No. So far as we know? No. No, no not that I'm aware of. Next, they return to the interdict, banning Kit from approaching Brenda. 
The, the point, generally speaking, of obtaining an interdict is to get that interdict without the other party knowing about it until interim interdict is actually granted. Yes. And the way that that is done is that you prepare a document based upon what you are told by your client. And you, you read out parts of what she, uh, Dr. Page, put in a letter and parts of what you put in the initial writ. But it was simply really a repetition of what you'd been told. Pretty much, yes. And you take that document down to the sheriff court, you are pretty much immediately given a hearing before the sheriff, yes. usually the same day. Yes. There's no contradictor, so the defender's no. not there. No. You make representations before a sheriff, yes. and he has a test, which is the balance of convenience, which is that if it seems better on one hand than the other, you should grant the interdict, you do. Yes. And the other person has an opportunity, if they want, in due course, to come back and dispute that. That's correct. In this case, nobody disputed it, and it went through effectively on the nod. Yes. The full interdict also was not defended and eventually granted. Mr McConaughey then refers to a letter Brenda wrote to her lawyer, Mr Hosey, after the divorce hearing. Now, we've jumped back a little bit in time, but this is dated the 8th of September 1976. Yes. Already the address is given as 13 Allen Street, so yeah. that's uh, already been achieved. And in that letter, one of the things that Dr Page does is enclose a copy of a will. Yes. And then she makes mention of the fact that if you think a new one should be made to allow for the Allen Street or Mile End property, could you draw one up to be in operation by 6th October when I aim or am for Mexico City? Yes. Does it go on? My parents-in-law have confirmed that my husband will be going on this trip in the same party because he has asked them for the money to go. It does. So, on the 8th of September 1976, it appears that Dr Page has a trip organised for Mexico and she is aware of the fact that Dr Harrison is also going on that trip. I think she was aware, but I don't think she was too pleased about it. Well, whether she was pleased or not... I think there's some correspondence about that. The, the question I asked you is that on the date that I've said, she was aware of the fact he was going. She happy was. or unhappy? She was. At, at the time that you represented Dr Page, were you aware that she was working as an escort? No. Is that something you found out subsequently? Yes. Was it the police that told you that? Either the police told me or I read it in the media or whatever. Did that, so far as you were concerned, fit, as it were, with the lady who you represented? No. It came as a surprise to me. Um, it, was odds with, it was at odds with the way she presented. I didn't know anything about her social life. It was not matters that we, we discussed. And um, I was un unaware of this. Thank you. Mr Hosey, you were directed uh, again to production two. Could you have that before you, yeah. please? 
and to paragraph 7, which you were asked about. And this is the letter of 22nd June 1976, in which a number of allegations were made. Yeah. And paragraph 7 is one you were directed to, almost complete sexual uh, abstinence. Could you read the entire paragraph, please? Uh, almost complete sexual abstinence. From a healthy sexual relationship before marriage, it stopped almost at once afterwards. He puts on lots of clothes, woolies and woolly hats, and expected me to perch on the edge of the bed without being near him. By poking me, quote, because I twitched, unquote, I could not get to sleep. And as I could not do my job, I'm not, uh, through, exhaustion. through exhaustion, I had to move to another bed. Intercourse perhaps once every six months. I am not allowed to initiate things or do anything different. Right. The sentence intercourse perhaps once every six months, that in this note does not give a time scale as to which six months or which period of time. Is that correct? That's correct. I know there was a lot to take in there, and much will be important to bear in mind for what's to come. The jury cannot believe the claims made in the letters alone. They have to be corroborated. But a narrative is building. Murder trials are like jigsaw puzzles, and witness by witness, piece by piece, the full picture will be revealed. Hearing the accusations of abuse so articulately listed in the letter gave us an insight into who Brenda was what she had endured and what she was not willing to endure anymore. It felt like she was the strongest witness in the trial so far. In the next episode of the storyteller Naked Villainy, the post-mortem results reveal a shocking number of blows inflicted on Brenda. She had been struck on the face and head at least 20 times by a blunt instrument. A neighbour's account of a suspected break-in to Brenda's flat by Kit. Nothing had been stolen from the house and she mentioned that she suspected her husband. And a witness is challenged about a claim made by Brenda. That she had told you that if Kit killed her he would do it in a way that nobody would find out. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review as it makes a huge difference to guiding people to hearing this important story. This is an entirely independent production and your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want to hear exclusive interviews, longer episodes and insights, please head to the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. This is a piece of history and you are for the first time in this format witnessing justice being done.